Yo, what's up everyone? It's your good friend Corey Elijah back with another episode of O Word. And uh, this episode is going to be a good one. Last weekend actually was the final Wizard World Comic Con down in Chicago. Um, The Wizard World Chicago Comic Con is a con that I've been going to for years since like 2014 or 2015 or something like that. Um, Definitely have grown to love that con. It's one of many cons that I try to attend every year. Um, But with this being the final one, you know, it it, it was very special to me and I wanted to involve myself in the con somehow. Um, And, you know, over the past, like, you know, two, almost two years now, things have been really moving like really fast for me and and growing and stuff like that. Um, So I wanted to kind of like meld, you know, the two worlds that I've kind of been living in with the panel that I had. Um, So the name of the panel is How Comic Books Help Create Real Heroes. As you guys know, I'm like a big comic book nerd. And uh, I I mean, I'd I'd say more of a huge like entertainment pop culture nerd that happens to, you know, enjoy comic books and uh, other nerdy things like that. So, you know, uh, I wanted to meld that with kind of how people see me locally in, in Kenosha and stuff like that. So the name of the panel is or was, I should say. Um, is how heroes are created by comic books or how comic books create real heroes. Um, and it was a great panel. I brought some buddies with me. I brought my friends Daniel Thompson and Lakota Lichwalt. Both um, are two people that I met kind of during like the height of insanity in Kenosha where I live uh, while I was out filming and you know documenting everything that was going on. So um, I wanted to involve them because for one, I know they both are like big big nerds too so in Lakota had like Lakota you know I I'd, I'd been wanting to go to a con with Lakota low-key for a while so I I mean when he when he said he was interested I was like yes for sure he, he wants to come and then Daniel had actually never been to a comic con before um so it was cool to have him come um so the conversation's great and I want you guys to enjoy this um I think it was a great conversation um they, the panel was like right in the middle of the showroom floor, kind of. Uh, so there was a lot of traffic and stuff. If you guys see the videos that I posted up on my YouTube or my Facebook, you can see a lot of traffic during the panel. But the panel was full. We had like a full audience pretty much the entire time, which was really, really cool. Wasn't expecting that, um, but it, w- it was nice. It was cool to see that people were in- engaged in the conversation. So I wanted to make sure that I brought that to you here too, for all of you people that love listening to the audio format of, um, you know, the conversations and talks that I have. So, um, yeah, so this is it. This is how heroes are, how comic books create real heroes live from Wizard World Chicago. Next year, there will not be a Wizard World Chicago. It will be a fan expo event. Fan expo actually purchased the, uh, the rights for the conventions there or whatever. So, um, yeah, next year we'll probably, have a panel coming from the fan expo but you know shouts out to wizard world and all of the cool people that i met you know working for wizard world they definitely hooked me up with you know gave me access to some some very very dope people and you know got me into the con uh plenty of times so shouts out to wizard world and their future endeavors and i hope you guys enjoy the panel I want you to welcome to the stage three awesome gentlemen. This is Corey, Daniel, and Lakota. They're going to talk over about probably the next 45 minutes or so, 30, 45 minutes, um, about he- how he- you can read it right there on the screen, how comics um, kind of influence and create 
real heroes in life. They got some really great uh, personal stories to tell. Uh, they're from Chicago area. Chicago, yeah. Kenosha. Kenosha. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, give these guys the stage. Enjoy. All right. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? Everyone's good. Great, great, great. Well, uh, thank you, Chuck. We appreciate the introduction. My name is Corey Elijah. I'm here with Daniel and Dakota. Uh, and we're here to just talk about I'm sorry. Just get a little more oh, closer to the mic. Sorry about Keep that. The there we go. There you go. All right. Sorry about that. I'm Corey Elijah. I'm here with Daniel Thompson and Lakota. Um, we are going to be talking about how comics help create actual heroes in real life. So, of course, you know, um, there's the cliche, you know, you know, maybe firefighter or police officer story, which you know is is a great story. Not taking anything away from that. Yeah. Um, but uh, in my opinion, I feel like comic books help influence even normal day-to-day -day people step up and become heroes. And maybe it's just in a moment. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, in their careers, whatever it may be. So uh, we have a few personal stories that we'll probably share. And, of course, we'll take some audience Q&A if you guys have any questions or any personal stories that you would like to share. Uh, moments may that maybe you were inspired to, to step up and, and help people out with as well. So um, this is... This is great to be here at a Comic-Con. I'm glad that everybody could be out and we could uh, join each other and, and experience great things like yes, you know, definitely. entertainment and, and comic books and collectibles and all this great stuff that we have at cons. Um, yeah. so. I, I mean, I, I don't want to like steal anything away, but I, I, we had this conversation like three or four times today. Like I'm just like thrilled just to be here. Like <laughs> just being here is like the end all be all right now for me. So. It's yeah. been it's been a wild wild past few years or so. We we can it, say it has it has. So um, like uh, like Chuck mentioned, we come from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, some people may be familiar with the place. Of course, it's a Chicago land. Louder, scream, yell. Can you guys hear me good now? We good? Okay, sorry <laughs> about that. I'm used to being able to like you know. I just Adjusted. control it on my own. Yeah. It is what it is. Sorry about that. But like I, like I mentioned, we come from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Some of you may be aware of, you know, there's been some ups and downs. There's even some continuing things that are, are going on in the city that we come from. Um, but throughout it all, you know, there are situations, at least speaking for myself, um, situations that, you know, um, I was definitely inspired by the lifestyle that I lead as a comic book fan, as someone that you know, um, looks to these stories to kind of find inspiration uh, in my life. Um, I never knew that I would actually maybe a apply some of the stories that, I, that I've learned in, you know, my, my partaking of comic books. Um, but, you know, sometimes you're dealt hands that, you know, you have to just play, play the hand, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're not going to... We're not going to make it's. It's not political. What we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about a situation that may have happened to be a political situation and occurrences that may have happened throughout that. Um, so some people may know there is a lot of unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where we come from, um, and all three of us, as content creators, as uh, journalists. Um, as people that are just members of the community, we all were out and we were all kind of documenting what was going on um, with the situation. And um, of course, like Daniel, his stories, he's, he has a great story, of course. Uh, but for me personally, I kind of just, as a member of the community, someone that is born and raised in the city, 
um, that has seen the community kind of grow over you know my few few decades of life. Um, I kind of I really wanted to see what was happening, you know, as a kind of a fly on a wall, objectively look at the situation and kind of see everything play out, right? Um, throughout it all, you know, um, things kind of escalated quickly. Some people may be aware of, um, and the situation like quickly became a situation where I had to make a decision. Um, was I just going to remain, you know, objective and kind of just a fly on the wall and see what was going on um, in the whole situation? Or was I going to, in, you know, involve myself in a situation that I felt was, was necessary? Uh, so what ends up, end up happening, uh, long story short, is um, there's grievances. Clearly, there's two parties. If people look into the backstory of what happened in Kenosha, there's grievances, there's two parties. Um, but the situation quickly became a situation that wasn't just between the two parties. Um, it became a situation where it seemed like everything was fair game. Um, and as an observer, you know, and as a community member, it was something that I felt um, I, I, I was kind of forced to put myself in. Um, there is a situation where we have a we have in our in our downtown area we have a park and there's museums and there's like our courthouse and all of this stuff so there is a, a giant um, giant group of people in in the um, a giant group of people within the park it kind of leaks out into the area by the courthouse leaks out to the area by the museum it's a dinosaur museum very cool dinosaur museum we have artifacts that were found in Wisconsin fossils and things rare pieces that were uh, in this museum that could, could not be replaced. Um, so as things are escalating, 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 you know, there's masked people out, you know, doing, doing things that, that I wouldn't say, I guess we could say villains would do in a way. Yeah. Um, just you creating situations that we didn't need. One of them in which I uh, started to try to burn down the museum in our, in our town. Um, and I was faced with the, you know, the realization of, oh, man, this isn't just, you know, people getting together and, you know, having their voices being heard. This is something more than that now. And now there's, you know, the community is, in a way is at risk. Um, so at that moment, I was kind of faced with the decision I had to make. Um, am I going to just not say anything and just allow this museum to be burned down that, you know, I went to as a child that I, I bring my kids to now today, or am I going to say something about it? Am I going to try to stop these people? Um, and in that instant, you know, it, it may have been subconsciously, but all of the stories that, you know, I've read throughout my life, you know, um, through, through comic books that, you know, a situation kind of just arises and you have to make a decision. Are you going to do the right thing? Or are you going to do the wrong thing or are you just going to say nothing at all, you know, which in my opinion would also in that situation would be the wrong thing. Um, so I decided, hey, you know, this may not be the best thing for me to do. This may not be the safest thing that I could do because clearly people are disgruntled. Clearly people do not care and they'll burn down this building. <laughs> so who knows what may happen to me. Um, but in that, in that moment, I just had to, you know, make the decision to have a rally cry to say, hey, you know, what are we doing here? Like, what is going on? Like, who are you? 
you know, like, are you even a member of this community? How could you want to treat your community this way? Why would you want to burn down something that, you know, we, we all utilize, you know, for, for our kids? And, you know, there's, there's arguments that can be had about maybe buildings don't really matter, things like that. But, you know, when it comes to community and it comes from small towns, especially towns like where we come from, you know, it, it, we don't get much, and when you, when, you, when you take something away, it may be 20, 30, 50 years before we get something back, you know? And when you have priceless things like, you know, fossils and things of that nature that can't be replaced, it seems like, at least in, in my opinion, it was worth me kind of stepping up. Um, by doing that, you know, clearly some people were disgruntled. In my opinion, some people even were maybe even plotting to harm me in the situation, but luckily, by being that voice, I was able to rally other people to maybe even snap a few people out of, you know, maybe the, the trance they may have been in or whatever, and got them to actually realize, like, wait, yeah, what he's saying actually does make sense. What, what are we doing here? And you know, it's I, I I can thankfully say that we still have the dinosaur museum. You know, it's been over a year later and it's still there. Plus, so. you got your title. What was a defender of the dinosaur museum? Like there was a whole thing with you. Yeah, they. Yeah, I got like a. They gave me like a certificate, lifetime membership to the museums in the in the city and everything. It's it's it's, it's worth it to do the right thing. I would say. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was my story. I mean, let's uh, let's. Well, there's a part of that, though, that's really important. If I remember, that dinosaur museum is all funded by taxpayer money. Like, there's no fee to get in. So this is something that, because if it's lost, it's going it, to, like you said, it is going to be a long time before something oh, comes yeah. up. I mean, they're not, it, this isn't, you don't pay to go in. This is one of those things that once it's gone, it's gone. And the building itself is a landmark. It was a, an originally a post office and all that other stuff. So th there's a lot more behind it than just the fact that it was a dinosaur museum. It's a dinosaur museum that was funded by the community, for the community, for them to enjoy something and see something that came out of where they're at. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. smile at me because I know I said I wasn't going to talk. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're doing well. How about you, uh, how about you take the next one, yeah? Um... Uh, okay. Uh, as we know, the, the discussion is about how comics create real heroes. And as we've all, you've already said, there's, there's the, the drive to maybe be a doctor or an EMT or something, or firefighter or something like that. Um, I think uh, one of the things that I was having a conversation with you about today that is really just important is that um, it can be a mindset. A, a lot of times uh, we can take the stories of, uh, from heroes, from Batman, from Superman, from Captain America, and take a look at those and, and kind of make those a piece of, of our moral compass, mm -hmm. right? We can look at that and say, hey, um, you know, that, that, that's wrong. Um, bullies, right? Like, uh, nobody likes really bullies. And so um, uh, one of the, the, the situations, I don't know that it... it I don't want to say it was a, a hero moment um, because I don't want to give give the wrong impression. But uh, I have a I have someone that I'm very proud of because they stood up to a bully. How they handled it, you know, mom and dad don't agree. Um, but uh, this young person took it upon themselves. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Um, took it upon themselves to stand up to a bully that was being a bully in their class. And I know that 
uh, a lot of it falls on us as parents to teach these things, but let's be honest. Um, you know, work, lives, you know, we, we do the best that we can, and um, whenever our children can take a look at a series like um, Captain America, like, come on, the, the ultimate, besides Superman, right, the uh, apple pie, moral compass is just true north, blah, 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 and Goku and, and things like that. So when, when, when they can take those morals and look at them and say, hey, you know, this is a great thing, you know, standing up for these people, even though, you know, it might get me in trouble, is the right thing to do, right? That's very important. And sometimes we, we can't teach it ourselves because maybe I'm just not in the moment, right? But they can read it, they can learn about it, and they can say, hey, if it's wrong, I want to be the guy that stands up. That's what I, that's what I think that can really be learned from comics. I, I, I truly believe that, yes, you're right, you can be a doctor, you can be all this, but I think that it can have an impact on who you are and how you see the world and, you know, how you interact with it. Are you going to be the guy that stands by and quietly does nothing, or are you going to be the person that says, hey, you know, that, that might not be right. Don't, let's not, let's not do that. Okay, I guess it's my turn. So, uh, I'm Daniel Thompson. So, to kind of understand my story and how it connects with comics. So, I am a journalist, and I've been a journalist for nine years. Uh, last year, I was working at Kenosha News around the time of what they call civil unrest, because that term's pleasant enough for people to use, I guess, in Kenosha. Um, and what happened and this is a much larger argument than I am gonna dip into right now. But I started to realize from the inside that uh, the company that my newspaper was owned by was intentionally putting more things out, things out there highlighting things about the unrest that led to us increasing our page views by millions instead of things that would try to actually help the city in cool uh, kind of passions. So what happened was that uh, I was at a peaceful uh, kind of rally, and during that, somebody said something, a speaker, that was not scripted, he wasn't really part of it, and this was around the time that we had like every national outlet and everything in Kenosha, and once he said it, I knew somebody would use it, because you hear some, the quote was, uh, if they kill one of ours, it's time to kill one of yours, or something like that. Totally outlying quote. But you know that, like, wow, you can get a lot of page views with that if that's what you want. It would be distorting the truth as far as misrepresenting the whole thing. But yeah, if you tell people that was said, then they're going to look at it. And so I figured, you know, a national publication would do it because traditionally they don't care as much about the smaller city. But it was my paper, Kenosha News, that did it. So when I read it, I immediately reached out to my boss. And it took 20 minutes of a conversation that went nowhere for me to send him my letter of resignation because I didn't want to be any part of that as far as just trying to sensationalize something for page views when it's only adding to tensions in your community and it's misrepresenting what everybody else is seeing. So the day after I did that, I get called by a New York Times reporter. So for the next few months, I'm talking to different people, because apparently me quitting my job was newsworthy. So I started, for one, I started GoFundMe, and people gave me $45,000. So 
So that was cool. Um, and I was in this position where suddenly I was gaining a lot of recognition, not only as a journalist, which gave me legitimacy because I, was ne I never went to J school. I was an English major. And I got into journalism through an internship and worked my way up. So I always had this kind of illegitimate concern in the back of my head. Like people, other journalists look at me and they're like, eh, he's not really one of us. So you get this kind of attention and this legitimacy and you realize that you've gained so much of a reach. You've gained so much power, to put it in, in a different, more, more traditional sense. And then you have to decide, what are you going to do with that? And there were there was one comic that kind of stuck out in my head because when I was thinking about people or characters that had to deal with power beyond measure and especially how they were able to tell the line or stay good in that situation. So the comic that struck me was All-Star Superman. Um, and of course, that's the one where Superman, uh, through a plan with Lex Luthor, gets exposed to, uh, I'm trying to think of it's like, a whole mess of sun radiation and everything, and it changes his cells, and he's basically slowly dying, but he's more powerful than ever as he's dying. And so through that comparison of suddenly being kind of like Superman in that story of suddenly I am more powerful than ever, but I have, because I've covered viral stories before, you know you're not staying at that viral place. Like, nobody's giving me 45000 every, like, few months, you know? That's not happening. I know I have a very limited time to do as much good as possible with my influence before my 15 minutes is up. So using that example of knowing you have so little time and there's so much more you could do, but what's Im I, I realized that what's important, I couldn't stand up for my community, get money, and then be like, peace. Uh, so I had to just kind of uh, think about why I even quit my job and then stick to that emotional place. So what I ended up doing is the 45000 I gave half back to Uptown Kenosha, which was burned down in the riots. And then any time that I saw a GoFundMe or anything for a local musician or local person, I gave them money. I would, if it was a small amount, 500 to 1000 I'd fund the whole thing. And then I gave my last dollar away to ooh, some business like two months ago before I finally picked up a part-time job out of, after being out of work for a year and just surviving off of volunteerism and my own publication that I started, The Uptown Observer and things like that. And throughout the entire process, any time that I felt that ego, any time I felt like, you know, this community doesn't deserve this because I, I was getting a lot of as much positive things, I was also getting negative things. So there's bitterness that you can let take root. But the whole time I kept thinking about All-Star Superman. It's so, it would be so easy for Superman, who's given, who gave, this character who gave everything to the world, an alien his whole life had to hide who he was, and yet still spent his last days saving a world that would never really understand him, would never be able to give the same thing back to him, and would never really be home, home in the way that it is for, let's say, you and me. Um, it made it easier to think about that, hold that in my mind and my heart, and go all the way to the end, still trying to be good and do the most good with the little power that I had. So that's kind of how I connected. That's how I would say that uh, comics and superheroes influenced 
real life, I'm not gonna call myself a hero, I'm just somebody who did something. Anybody can do something, so I guess if a hero is just somebody who does something, we can all be heroes by just doing something. So, uh, for one, if you wanna be a hero, do something, so keep that in mind. Uh, and two, um, I think that characters like Superman and characters like Batman, which if we're honest, I'm totally more a Batman than a Superman, like I am not that good. Um, they offer places to go with advice, with guidance, with emotions, and with imagination that we're just uncomfortable to go as ourselves. And that's why I appreciate them, and I think that's why they make heroes, is they allow us to imagine ourselves as something better, and then we can become that. Take the building blocks and, and go from there. Yep. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I think, um, as well, kind of just to, to bounce off what you said, and then also to kind of to go back to what Lakota was saying as well, just these stories, you know, it's, you can't live a thousand lives. Right, so there's a lot of different, there's a lot of storylines that you'll never get to play out yourself, oh, yeah. or you'll never experience. But the abundance of these different storylines, where you're faced with these decisions, you know, or faced with adversity, or, or faced with, you know, just not feeling like you're the best, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of, I really like, I should say, Peter Parker. For that, for that aspect, you know, he, he dealt with so much throughout, you know, his his entire teenage years, his upbringing, dealing with being a superhero, but then also dealing with being a, a regular teenager, dealing with all of the things that a teenager has to deal with on top of trying to save the world after school as well, you know, um, and even though I don't have the same background as Peter Parker, you know, maybe I don't even have the same life experience as Peter Parker, I'm able to even to at least look at his experiences and maybe apply those to my life, you know? Maybe people haven't really ever bullied me much, but I can understand what it's like in a way to be bullied, even though I've never felt it really myself okay. um, when it comes to, you know, like being bullied by a jock or whatever it may be. But I can understand that because I've seen the stories. I've seen how Peter Parker has had to deal with it, you know? And even though it wasn't me, I can still kind of find a way to create empathy for people and those situations and maybe not do some of the things maybe some of the bullies are doing on subconsciously you know yeah and also I think it's like so the way that I think like it's also just easy and, and sometimes it's easier to say use Superman or Batman or, or Spider-Man or anybody as an example is this um, <laughs> the thing is this, um, is that, honestly, it's, it's, it's simple, is that they're easy to ingrain in our mind, and it's almost like old fables or anything like that. Like, for some reason, they just stick somewhere floating near the forefront. So, like, um, as, as weird as it is, like, sometimes when you're like, I have no idea what to do in this situation, what would Peter Parker do? Like, maybe don't say it out loud, but right. like, I mean, you'll, you'll sometimes get it's, if you do, but yeah. yeah it, sometimes it's just easier to just be like, ah, what would Superman do? Like, it, I don't know. It's like a dumb little thing, but it's like, 
honestly, it's you can take apart the personality and be like, okay, well, I can. Some of that resonates with you, and maybe that like brings out your own kind of not heroic, but yes, Lakota. No, no, I I, I wanted to kind of go off of that because I, I I've noticed um, like. Obviously, we all interact on, or we see each other on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Um, have you guys, I, I've seen some of the stuff that you've shared. It's pretty public. Like, hey, you know, growth in the last year. Yeah. I, I, would you say that you have felt yourself be more cognizant and aware and more conscientious of trying to grow within the last year? And only reason I bring that up is because within the last year, I really feel like the... Not that Lakota still isn't selfish, because Lakota is still a jerk and can be a jerk. And I don't intend to. That's not my goal. Um, um, but I, I'm a lot more conscientious of saying, wait, wait. You know, how would Peter Parker, how would the doctor, you know, address this? Is this really the road that you want to go down? Would you say that it's you're more aware or that you're making more effort? Or what would you guys say? Well, for one, Daniel Thompson is a perfect biracial angel. Um, but no. <laughs> but no. Um, no, I find myself doing, like, okay, Cor we just talked about this a little, yeah. little bit ago, actually. Okay. Because, okay. 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, literally. So I Sorry, find myself. I had to eat. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm very aware of like the growth over the last year. Like the last year feels like five to ten years for me, really. Like just how much was in it, how much I had to deal with, and just like how much changed both in me and you know outside of me. But we were also talking like the best way to describe kind of the feeling for me at the moment. Like I'm very satisfied with what I did. I'm proud of it. I'm happy. But it's like being Frodo at the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy where he's just like, everybody else is happening. He's just like, yeah, guys, I'm just going to kind of fade out there. It's not for me anymore. Like, yeah. It, it wears on you, right, Corey? Yeah, I mean, the, anything's going to do that, though. But <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, that's just kind of my philosophy on life. I just kind of roll with the punches personally. But, you know, I, I have, I've kind of... I've done my best to try to look at situations, but I mean, in a way, I've kind of always tried to, you know, look at the past and look at look towards the future to kind of figure out where I'm trying to go, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I would say I have, but you know, it is it is what it is. Life I, goes on. I want to say that I try to be more helpful, and I try to be more understanding, because a lot of the things that really like made some things explode last year was that everybody wanted to yell at each other instead of like one person just had to sit there and just take it like if if only just one person would have just sat there and been like i'll take the yelling and then i'll try to calm things down instead of like everybody fighting all the time right. that that that's kind of what i try to be now just be that calm person that can get yelled at and just calm down a room. Like, that's that's my level right there. All you got to do is just talk into a mic with your, your voice <laughs> and then get everybody to Yeah. <laughs> so we do want to make sure that if anyone does have any questions or experience anything, we do have the mic open in case anyone does want to uh, inject in the conversation at all. If not, we will keep things rolling. But we do want to just make sure that we uh, let people know about that. So... Yeah. Uh, moving forward, what would you say now that um, we've we've made it kind of 
past, I, I, I su suppose, the hill, the top of the hill, and now we're rolling back down to go back up the hill or, or whatever it is. With, the, with your situation specifically, because, you know, a, a lot has changed for you, it definitely has made you think, uh, you know, inward and then outward with, with media as well. No. Um, where, how would you compare yourself or, like, what, what would you compare yourself to going forward? Like, I know you were looking to Superman throughout everything, uh, what's the what's the position? What what would you like to model yourself as moving forward? Uh, moving forward, honestly. So, my ultimate goal endpoint always is going to be the end of whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. I think, if that's what. Yeah, where you know it's just Jordan Elliott winking at. Like that's my ultimate ending. Like I just fade out. I have. I just. I get to live the other life separated from, you know, everything that I did uh, as a journalist and everything like that. I still have things that I want to do. I want to be able to support more independent journalists through, you know, my thing and all that. But I think when I think of comic things now, it's funny. I don't think of being Superman anymore, really. I more pay attention to, like, Jonathan Kent characters and people like that because not everybody can be Superman, but you can help create Superman by being a Jonathan Kent, by being that mentor or something that helps shape uh, these maybe future heroes, whether it be police, firefighters, or legit, if there's some kid who can fly someday, please be nice to him. I really don't want to deal with that. Um, but like, I, I look at the characters that influence heroes as I get kind of older and everything like that because I realized that there's a time to pass the torch or to make sure that the next group has the base that we worked for so that they can actually push things further than we did and not just fight to get to where we were. I feel that. I was going to say, like, for me, it, which is kind of parallel with yours in a way, but I'd say my approach would be more Dick Grayson, get the Titans together and, you know, show... The young bucks, how to you know do it, and maybe emulate my style a little bit, but then also go out and and do their own thing, you know how how they want to do it. What about you, Lakota? Oh wow! Um, selfishly, um, Batman, because I want the money. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, let's be honest. If we're being honest, the the money would help out a lot. But Dick Grayson also has access to the money, and he's uh, better socially. <laughs> um, to, to be honest with you, um, I see myself as um, one of the characters that I, I really truly did uh, always seem to like was um, Batman, but there was always the storylines were about growth in some way, shape, or form, especially in the area of the New 52, New 52 where it was about how he can grow instead of just being constantly pissed and angry and, and trapped in his own little, uh, his own little mind about what, what was. And he, he took that as an opportunity to grow and how those storylines kind of pushed him forward and added, I mean, let's be honest, the, the character of Batman always had depth, right? But um, it took it to another level to where he started to question his own moral compass and say, okay, am I doing too much? Am I doing it the right way? Am I creating the next generation of heroes in the right way 
or am I just doing doing what needs to be a means to win? And I think that is where I used to be, is where I used to, I don't care how it gets done as long as it gets done. Right. And now I don't want to do that. Now what I want to do is, okay, I want it to get done, but I want it to get done to where nobody's getting hurt. I don't want, I want the next person to see me and say, hey, that right there, that's how you do it. And I think that's the new 52 Batman, I guess, would be kind of where I want to be. I want to grow and continue to do that. You're talking about Snyder's run? Yes. Dude, I love the new 52 Batman. Snyder's run is my favorite. I think it, Batman run. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's great, and then the, the storytelling is just awesome. So I'll get off on a tangent so we won't do that. But um, is, that, is that Walter White? I'm so sorry. I got completely <laughs> distracted by the cosplay. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that not Walter White? Yeah, it's no, okay. It I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, that's what I was looking at as far as uh, where I see myself, and hopefully, in line with Batman lineage, handing down the lineage in the in the proper way. Yeah, yeah. So as far as um, you could say, some of your your favorite people, right? Um, Do they have to be real? Uh, they don't. They don't have to be real. Okay, but who would? I, I just realistically want to know since you know we have a we have a little time here, so okay. let's we, let's unpack a, a, a top five for the the end of the show here because we're okay in uh, the last ten minutes or so. Me first? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'll, um, go, I'll go last. You go, and you go, and then I'll I'll end it off. Gotcha. Um, oh man, um, you have to give us reasons why as well. <sighs> so first of all, um, ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, well, first of all, my kids, um, because I can learn from them. That's the, the best part of being a parent is that I can learn from them how to be a little bit better of a human being. Um, I'm not sucking up. I'm just saying, Corey, because I wouldn't even be here without it. So, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> say my work is good. <laughs> um, Peter Capaldi, he plays the 12th Doctor on Doctor Who. Um, I think his run goes in line with the, the Batman reason why I like him, his, his growth as that character. Um, and then, I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of like real like politicians and all that. That, that doesn't really do it for me. So all of mine are either going to be fictional or... Fictional works. Goku. Fictional, like I, I understand... usually better, honestly. I mean, I understand the the... The reason why people love Piccolo and Vegeta, but Goku, he's like in the vein of a Captain America and a Superman, the goody two-shoes who, no matter how hard you push his buttons, he can, uh, he can push through, and he will, and he'll do it the right way. Well, maybe he'll take a shortcut or two, but that's, you know, that's what it is. That's five, right? My, my kid, I said both my kids, yeah. so I count them as two. Oh, no, no, no. You got to give us one track. more. <laughs> you got to give us one more. Um, okay. Uh, let me see here. Man, and talk about putting me on the spot. Um, I honestly, um, yep, nope, drawing a blank. That that is so sad. I really probably should get out more. That really says a lot about what I do with my life. No. <laughs> I mean, we had this talk, man. I don't do anything except for veg in the house, so it is what it is. <laughs> Five. Yep. All right. So, uh, top two, my parents. Uh, not just because, you know, people just say they're, they're parents. Like, I legit, like, 
I'm friends with my parents now as I get older. We talk about a lot of things, and I appreciate them as much as people as I do as the people who, like, just, you know, had me and decided to keep me. So it's like, we have a pretty good relationship. Uh, third, I'm going to say, not by name, let's say uh, somebody that I call Chewy because being around them makes me pretty happy. Uh, let's see, we got a fourth. I would say my fourth, you know what, fourth, I'm just going to lump as a group because I'm going to go with Kino, Kino AF, because you and Ron. Lakota, you, uh, you're somewhere in the periphery because you didn't mention me. Um, <laughs> I want to know how come you get to slide on your parents being one and two, but I can't slide on my two kids. That's what I want to know. Because they, they oh, were dude, made, I can, they, your I'll kids were it. made individually, <laughs> and his parents were hawking dope. As far as, uh, truthfully, when it comes to comics characters, Batman is my go-to because he's, to me, the most complex. And you can do so much stuff with that. Um, and especially the longer time goes on, Batman changes so much that he lives up to, he is almost always the villain in the future. Almost always a villain. Or just an old grumpy old man. Like he's never like some happy, like makes apple pies old man. You know, <laughs> like that's not his future. Um, and then you know what? You know what? I'll throw out one because it will leave with a good thought. So I had a counselor when I was in high school named Mr. Newbarth, and I used to visit him to talk about some things, you know, just as you're like a teenager and you're trying to figure things out and you're lost. And he told me something that I'll say out loud now just in case and it could be useful to anybody else. And it was, he said, you know, some people go through life and they never figure it out. But I know you you'll figure it out. That's a simple thing, I don't know, but just that reassurance, that has carried me for years and years and years. So I'll do that as my last top five. Ooh, nice. Nice, nice. Uh, and for me, I guess, I mean, you, I have like a weird, dark, like, superhero, superhero like backstory. I know. So I would, I mean, Shouts out to uh, my, my parents in, you know, in the everlasting universe, wherever they may be. Uh, so I'll cop out and cheat like you guys did. And <laughs> I'll use them for, I'll just take one spot with, for that. Um, I will say uh, a, like a personal person before I go into, you know, fictional characters, because I could have done all fictional characters, to be honest, but hey. You know, I'll match you guys where you are. We'll go with, um, I'll, I'll go with my seventh grade social science teacher, Miss, Mrs. Armstrong. She lived down the street from me. Like, un so unbeknownst to me, I grew up in a neighborhood that was like littered with teachers. So like retired teachers, current teachers, teachers that have been like teachers for 30 years. So she lived a couple blocks from me. Um, and she would like, I don't know, she would just, just help me out, you know? She would like give me rides to school, she'd give me motivation, we would talk about different stuff, and, and she like, she instilled in me, she was like, I know you can do whatever you wanna do, so just go and, and be great, because you'll be great at whatever you, you know, you try. And 
you know, that kind of just stuck with me because, you know, hearing that from someone that's, you know, has a completely different background than you, is already kind of established. Also, she, everybody thought she was mean, and I thought she was the nicest lady ever, so <laughs> that was kind of cool. So it was like, so that, that definitely stuck with me. So Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Armstrong, um, I have to do The Flash, Barry Allen, The Flash. I mean, I like Wally West as well, but Barry Allen. Um, just, you know, dealing with the, you know, dealing with life and like, you know, growing up, not having, you know, the traditional, I guess, like upbringing and family structure or whatever it may be. Sometimes I kind of wish I could like go back in time and like see what was going on or like get answers to certain things or maybe even change, change the timeline if I could and have my own little flashpoint situation. Um, but, you know, kind of just growing and reading those comics and getting into Flashpoint and seeing what happens with, you know, um, it helped me kind of cope with life in a way, you know? Um, and that's why The Flash is my favorite superhero because it, it, it helped me as a young kid and in my teenage years and now even as an adult, I still, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep up with The Flash. So um, I'll, I gotta have The Flash in there, um, which gives me three. Two, I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with Vegeta. Because I'm gonna switch it up and I'll do some manga. Everybody likes Goku. Um, but I feel like Vegeta is, you know, he has that redemption story, you know? I, you know, some, everybody lives a life, you know? Yeah. You don't always necessarily do the right thing all of the time, especially when you, you're in ignorance of certain things, right? When you're, your entire, you know, civilization and, and race has been, you know, wiped off and your planet's gone and then it's just you and your uncle and he's like, you know, so seeing him go from where he was to where he is as a family man with kids and he cares about his wife and loves her and he like, you know, cooks food for her and all of this stuff and like the one thing that will just make him go off is his wife. You know, I got to give it to Vegeta, you know, <laughs> I see slight parallels between us. Um, so the, there's Vegeta, and then the last one, because this will be, yeah, that'll be last. Um, I got to go with Deku from My Hero Academia. I know I'm getting all manga-y, but I, I'm also wearing the uniform. Uh, so I figured that we'll throw him in there just because, you know, it, I feel like his story is a story that every kid at a young age should kind of uh, latch themselves to or at least read. Um, just seeing how, you know, growing up in society and being considered, I suppose, less than because he doesn't have a quirk. Um, but then eventually, you know, he, he develops, he gets a quirk. Spoiler alert, sorry about that, but he gets one um, for, his, for his own reasons. But even having, after getting one, struggling with it, trying to catch up to everybody and just knowing that everyone isn't always equal, but just because you're not equal doesn't mean that you don't have your own special great things about yourself. Um, so I, that's why I would go Deku for, for number one. Nice. Midoriya, I'll call him Izuku. Give him some respect. So I, I just want to tack on to something because you did say something. Um, I think the way I want to approach it now is if I, I want to aspire to be a Goku, but I'm all right with my redemption story being a, a Vegeta. Ooh, we got him to switch it up. You know what I mean? Like, it is... It is. If you're wondering what my one talent was, it, it's that. 
But man, oh man, that was awesome. But I think we're, uh, yeah, we're about at time here. So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. I appreciate everybody sticking around for the panel. Uh, I have been Corey Elijah. This is Daniel Thompson. This is Lakota Lichwalt. Um, if you'd like to, we do stuff like this all of the time on social media. So you could follow us literally. My name is spelled K-O-E-R-R-I. If you look it up, it's I'm the only person that comes up with that name. So very easy to find. Lose, lose, Deadpool, I'm coming for you.